Dear listeners, we've reached the end of another unexplained season, so I just wanted to take the opportunity to thank each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to listen to the show. A big shout out to those of you who've been with us from the beginning, but even if you're listening to the show for the first time, thank you so much for giving us a shot. I know there's a a lot of other stuff out there that is equally deserving of your time, so again, it's much appreciated. Whether you're a straight-up fan of horror and the weird, or you just like listening because the monotonous tone of my narration sends you instantly to sleep, you're all welcome, and I remain forever your humble servant. We've just got one more unexplained extra for you to conclude Season 6, but don't fret, we'll be back very soon at the end of June with Season 7 for our seventh year of the podcast, which is frankly astonishing, and once again, all thanks to you listeners. So, without further ado, thank you so much again, and see you on the other side. Welcome to Unexplained Extra, with me, Richard McLean-Smith, where for the weeks in between episodes, we look at stories and ideas that for one reason or other, didn't make it into the previous show. In last week's episode, She's Electric, we trace the strange tale of 14-year-old Angelique Cotin from Normandy in France, who in 1846, after a series of heavy electrical storms, was said to have displayed an unusual ability to move objects without touching them. Often when I come across this kind of story, the first assumption made by the people exposed to the apparent supernatural event tends to be that some kind of haunting is taking place, or that a pesky poltergeist is to blame for the strange disturbances. It's unusual then that Angelique's story seems to begin and end with the speculation that she was single-handedly responsible for the peculiar goings-on. There have been similar reports of strange powers afflicting people before and since the case of Angelique Cotin. In the year 1686, A man called Breekmans, who lived in Brussels, was said to be similarly affected. A commission was appointed by local magistrates to investigate his condition, and the unfortunate sufferer was pronounced a sorcerer. Luckily for him, he managed to make an escape, and might have been burnt alive if he hadn't got away. Then in America, in the early 1880s, two so-called electric girls were brought to the public's attention. Lulu Hurst, who took the name Georgia Wanda, and Annie Abbott, whose sobriquet was the Little Georgia Magnet, presented themselves as having powers very similar to those apparently exhibited by Angelique Cotin. Making their names as stage performers, their act involved them moving heavy pieces of furniture around, often held down by seemingly strong men. However, Hurst subsequently wrote in an autobiography that her so-called powers were, in fact, nothing more than a stage trick. Today, the hypothetical psychic ability by which a person is said to be able to move objects without a physical interaction is known as psychokinesis. Experiments to prove the existence of this phenomenon have been criticised for lack of proper controls and repeatability and are generally regarded as pseudoscience, One story that emerged out of Sweden in 1919 is certainly strange enough to make you think again. 
On April 15, 1948, a body was pulled out of Szczecin Harbour in Poland. It was identified as 40-year-old Swedish sailor Gustav Zander Nord, who'd last been seen in January after he disappeared from the steamship he worked on, which had been docked in Szczecin Harbour at the time. A great deal of mystery surrounded the man's death, with some claiming it wasn't Nord at all. What was perhaps stranger, though, was the story that came out two years previously concerning the man's early life. It was a priest named Ernst Bierke who revealed all to a Swedish newspaper in 1946. Sometime toward the end of 1919, Bierke received a letter from an elderly couple from the village of Hordjoa, just outside of Orbloa in East Sweden. The couple had been having some problems with their grandson and had come to believe that he was possessed. They wanted Birka to conduct an exorcism on him. Dismissing their concerns, Birka ignored the letter and forgot all about it until a few weeks later when a friend of his brought more news of the peculiar grandchild and insisted that everything the grandparents were saying was true. Worried that he'd made a terrible mistake, the priest set out immediately to pay the family a visit. What he found in their home troubled him greatly. The couple's grandson was Gustav Nord, who was 12 years old at the time. The boy was born in 1907 and had endured a tough upbringing, frequently punctuated by violence at the hands of his father. By 1919, his parents were separated and had effectively abandoned him, leaving him to be brought up by his grandparents. Gustav was said to have been a relatively normal boy until sometime in the winter of 1919 when he was caught up in a fight between his uncle and his neighbour. He'd been so scared that he fled his home and hid in a barn until things had died down. That night when he returned home, strange things began to happen. It started with wrappings on his bedroom wall, then chairs began to move, and eventually Gustav was apparently thrown out of his own bed. As things escalated, it said that the phone began to ring of its own accord, lights flashed on and off, and objects were levitated off the ground. Unlike Gustav Nord's grandparents, the priest Ernst Bierke didn't think the boy was possessed, but instead was somehow directly responsible for the strange activity. This idea was in turn picked up by the boy's estranged father, who, on hearing about all the peculiar stories surrounding his son, returned suddenly in an attempt to exploit him. Giving him the name The Electric Boy, he is said to have taken him around local towns, forcing him to perform for money, until local authorities eventually stepped in and put a stop to the abuse. Gustav is then said to have been sent for treatment at a psychiatric hospital. Though the precise details of what occurred there are unknown, the case eventually came to the attention of psychologist and sometime parapsychologist Sidney Ulrich at Sweden's Uppsala University. Ulrich collected numerous testimonies from the boy's family and several local officials who got involved in the case. 
Ulrichs believed that Nord's power had something to do with animal magnetism. The idea was conceived by German physician Franz Anton Mesmer. Back in the 18th century, Mesmer formulated the theory that all animate things are connected by some kind of magnetic force or fluid which permeated the entire universe and was present all around and inside of us. Much like the way gravity affects the ocean tides, Mesmer claimed that our bodies could also be fundamentally acted on by outside electromagnetic forces. According to Mesmer, most illness was caused by a disruption of this magnetic force inside us. If the force could be manipulated back to its natural state, therefore, the illness would be cured. Despite his idea being roundly dismissed by the science establishment of the day, it became wildly popular in French society where Mesmer plied his trade. At first, Mesmer encouraged his patients to swallow iron filings that he then attempted to move through the body with magnets. However, he soon dispensed with his tools, claiming that he could instead just manipulate the magnetic force using only his hands and his mind. Perhaps Gustav Nord thought Sidney Ulrichs had similarly been able to tap into this universal force and had found a way to manipulate it. As Mesmer's popularity soared, many attested to the undeniable efficacy of his technique, which was credited with curing all manner of ailments. Medical practices at the time could often be quite brutal and disturbing, involving painful procedures applied without anaesthetic. Part of Mesmer's appeal was the relatively benign nature of his treatments in comparison, which often amounted to little more than being touched or drinking what he claimed to be magnetised water. There's been much speculation about Mesmer's intentions towards some of his patients, certainly his tactile processes, which included a fondness for touching women on the lower abdomen and inner thighs, could be said to be sexually abusive. Disturbed by Mesmer's emergence and the questionable nature of his work, France's then king, Louis XVI, appointed a scientific commission to investigate his theory. Members of the esteemed commission included founding father Benjamin Franklin and Joseph Ignace Guillotin, after whom, as you may have guessed, the famed execution instrument, the guillotine, is named after. The committee found Mesmer's theory to be completely without merit, a conclusion which is maintained to this day. Interestingly, however, Despite there being no truth to Mesmer's central idea, whatever he was doing often seemed to have a genuine physical impact on his patients. It is now widely considered that what he had inadvertently stumbled upon was the power of suggestion, and he's been credited with helping to pioneer what would become known as the placebo effect. The term mesmerism, named after Franz Anton Mesmer, has since come to be associated much more with the process of hypnotism, which was developed significantly by Scottish surgeon James Braid in the 19th century, after spending considerable time studying what it was about the idea of animal magnetism that actually had an effect on people. As for Gustav Zander Nord, 
the electric boy, no definitive conclusion was ever reached about his apparent powers. After his body was taken out of Szczecin Harbour in Poland, he was laid to rest in the city where he was found, where you can still find his gravestone today. This episode was written by Richard McLean Smith and Diane Hope. Unexplained is an AV Club Productions podcast created by Richard McLean Smith. All other elements of the podcast, including the music, are also produced by Richard McLean Smith. Unexplained the book and audiobook, featuring stories that have never before been featured on the show, is now available to buy worldwide. You can purchase from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Waterstones, among other bookstores. Please subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts and feel free to get in touch with any thoughts or ideas regarding the stories you've heard on the show. Perhaps you have an explanation of your own you'd like to share. You can reach us online at unexplainedpodcast.com or Twitter at unexplainedpod and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash unexplainedpodcast.